0: It is so good to be back, and uh, Martha and I are so blessed to uh, have had this international uh, experience of um, uh, quarantine and COVID tests and everything. Uh, we um, we were um, able to be with our family. That was a major thing, but, but I'm so grateful, Martha and I are so grateful for a church family that has prayed for us, uh, with my mom being called home to be with her Lord in November. It was... Uh, kind of drop everything and go and be with the family and discover all of these uh, hoops and barrels that you have to go into travel because it was in Canada and then even to get back to Hawaii. But in all of that, uh, really just appreciate being part of a loving church family. Your support, your care, your prayers for us, uh, very much appreciated. We were able to have a wonderful time with my um, family. My mom was 96 years old. She lived a life that was filled with the Lord. Filled with the Lord's love. It flowed over in our lives. She was an amazing woman. Um, I think um, God knew I knew and I needed an amazing woman in my life as a mom. Because he gave that to me and to uh, all of my siblings. So our farewell service for our mom was... There were six of us in the family, six siblings. And uh, this farewell service was, had quarantine restrictions, only a certain amount of people. But what we did was Proverbs 31... Uh, a woman, a wife of noble character, who can find. And um, she, uh, she's clothed with strength and dignity, and that was my mom. And her children rise up and call her blessed. And, and that's what we did. We rose up and we blessed God and, and uh, thank God for the blessing she was to us. So thank you again for um, the gift of being able to go and be with my family during this time. Uh, I have to admit that I watched last week's service and I saw Barrett singing, and I saw the women doing hula, and I saw Jason give this awesome message about gratitude and grief, and I had to think to myself, how come all the good stuff happens while I'm out of town? (laughs) No, I know you were blessed by the Lord, and and it's wonderful to know that the church is in the Lord's hands, but in a real sense, it's in the leadership of this church, too, and it's such a blessing for me as a pastor... Just to be able to dig out and be away and know um, the church is well led. So I want to take a moment just to thank uh, Pastor Mark who uh, picks up the baton and leads the church while I'm away. We'll just give him a hand. i was with the youth already. He does a wonderful job. And if you didn't know, there's a core of leaders that make church happen, particularly Sunday morning every week. So uh, folly and and Kinoa and Jaina, and, and Anita, and, and uh, Miley, and uh, let me not forget any of them, Sina, and, and um, Alyssa on the worship team. These are all people that just serve the Lord faithfully every week and give me great blessings. So, yeah, we're blessed by um, a core of, of church leaders, and we were blessed to be away. Well, um, I don't know about you this Christmas season, but as I thought about me... Um, I need a song of joy in my heart this Christmas season. I wonder if you might need a a renewed or a restored song of joy in your heart. Um, I feel a little bit about like um, Tweety the Canary. I don't know if you heard about Tweety the Canary, but this lady had a little canary in her house, a pet. Tweety was her name, and Tweety used to sing her lungs out, joyful song to the Lord um, every day. But something happened where, all of a sudden, Tweety stopped singing. And so this lady uh, took her little canary named Tweety into the veterinarian's office and said to the vet, to the doctor, can, can you help me? I, Tweety stopped singing. And uh, so the doctor asked her some questions. She said, well, um, how old is Tweety? Maybe she's getting too old to sing. And she said, no, I just bought Tweety about eight months ago. She's still a young bird. Oh, OK. So the veterinarian said, well, what about her nutrition? Have you been feeding her the right food and supplements? So she's well, has, a, has good nutrition. Yeah, I haven't changed anything in her food. She, she was singing fine and I haven't changed her food, and, but she stopped singing. So the veterinarian said, well, did uh, something happen in Tweety's life maybe to disrupt her or to upset her? And the women thought about it in the moment. She said, well, you know what? We did have a little bit of an accident She said, uh, now that I think about it, she said, I went to, a few weeks ago, I went to clean her cage with a vacuum hose and I stuck the vacuum hose in to clean up the bottom of her cage and I accidentally sucked Tweety into that hose. And poor little Tweety got sucked into the hose, and by the time I could turn the vacuum off, she was in the vacuum bag, and she'd been banged up along the hose, and then she was in there, and she was fluttering, trying to get out of the bag, and she got all dirty, and I reached in, and I grabbed her, and she was all dusty and dirty, but I put her back in the the cage. And she said, you know, come to think of it, ever since that day, Tweety hasn't sung much anymore. Well, no wonder... (laughs) Tweety had had kind of a traumatic experience. Well, I don't know about you, but I feel a little bit like Tweety. A little bit banged up. Maybe you feel a little beaten up in life, a little banged up in life. Um, This COVID thing, you know, as I've talked with family in the mainland and and, uh, have talked with people, it's just a long term. If you're in a a low-grade depression, join the club. There's a lot of people feeling bummed. It just drags on and on and the disruption and Uh, for us just to travel to be with family went through literally weeks of travel and tests and quarantines and hoopla just to be with your family and some of you had your thanksgiving affected and and your work affected and our church is still affected our church cannot gather fully the way that the lord calls us to in relationships in the body of christ so yes and with that there are other things and you know what happens at christmas and i know what happens at christmas it's a wonderful time of the year But very often at the Christmas season, there's these relational issues emerge in families. It's very common. And yes, it's supposed to be the time of peace and love, but it sometimes just highlights the fact that things aren't right in our relational world. And there's relational stress. And yes, there is financial stress, both with COVID and and maybe because of um, Christmas and, and all of the pressures of Christmas, there's financial stress. And uh, you still look out at the world, I'm so glad we did a series uh, about King Jesus being uh, our political party, but there's so much political turmoil in the world still, and it's not going to go away in the next week or two. There's just a lot of stuff there that can, well, quite frankly, it can just suck the song of joy out of our hearts. And uh, that's where I'm finding myself this year, so forgive me, but I'm preaching to myself this morning, but I wonder if there might be some other people that maybe identify a little bit with Tweety and feel like... Just a little beaten up by life circumstances and need to renew that song of joy. And here's the great news. Here's the great news. God wants to plant a song of joy in your heart this Christmas season. He wants to renew, He wants to restore. He wants you to sing like we with lungs, and, and live out these days this Christmas season, particularly, with a song of joy in your hearts. How do I know that? Well, I would encourage you to yourself um, and with your family, um, read Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2. The very first Christmas shows me that God plants a a song of joy in everybody's heart. Read it through with your family. Read it through for yourself and notice with me. And I just want to highlight that this is part of the Christmas season, that everybody at the first Christmas is singing with a heart of joy. Did you ever realize that? Here's the example. Elizabeth. John the Baptist, God gives a, a miracle in her body, gives her this baby at a very late age in life, and she sings with joy when she meets Mary. She says, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. She's overflowing with joy and blessing. Even baby John the Baptist in her womb leaps with joy. And think about that. We've got a couple of Hi, uh, ladies in our church wonderful Alyssa and Chelsea and they might identify with this but you know what the baby can't sing in the womb but he leaps with joy listen to what Elizabeth says as soon as the sound of your greeting Mary reached my ears the baby in my womb leaped for joy Elizabeth's bursting out with joy the baby's doing cartwheels of joy And then there's Mary herself, and she says, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Mary's celebrating, and she's got a heart filled with a song of joy. And then there's Zechariah. We're going to look at him in a moment. He says he's John the Baptist's father. He says, praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He's overflowing with joy, with a song of joy in his heart. And then the angels, and these are the best ones, but you know the angels appear to the shepherds and they're filled with joy and singing with joy. They announce to the shepherds, do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. This is what God wants to plant in your heart and in my heart this Christmas season. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, he's the Christ, the Lord this will be assigned to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws, lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host, angelic host, appeared with the angel. What are they doing? Praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom the angels are celebrating and filled with joy. And Yep, the shepherds. They go and check out the baby Jesus and then what happens? It says that the shepherds return glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. The point is, read the Christmas story. Look, everybody has a song of joy in their hearts. And I would say God wants you to have a joy of your heart. He wants to renew the joy, the song of joy in my heart this Christmas season. So how are we going to do that? I want us to look at this morning at Zechariah's song of praise. Zechariah's song of praise. I want us to read it. And then we'll notice um, two Major reasons why you can sing a song of joy and, and God can fill my heart with a, a new song of joy this Christmas season. So let's let's read Zechariah's prayer first of all, and then we'll see those see just how a um, a song of praise can bust out in our uh, in our lives freshly this Christmas season. Here's his uh, song, and it'll show up on the screen or on your uh, phone if you want. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit. This was a spirit-born song of joy. And prophesied, praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. Christmas time is a time when God has come to his people to redeem them. And he says this, he has raised up for us a horn of salvation for us in this house of his servant David as he, had, um, as he had said through his holy prophets long ago, salvation from the enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant. The oath he swore to our, forefather, to our father Abraham and, in, and um To to rescue us from the hand of our enemies, to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, he's going to talk to John the Baptist in Elizabeth's womb. You will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way for him. To give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the path of peace. There's Zechariah's spirit-filled song of joy. And I want us to, want to just sort of summarize two reasons why you can have a song of joy in your heart this Christmas season and why I can have that, that song of joy renewed. And here's the first one. It's there in your notes. God has given you a powerful Savior. God has given you a powerful Savior. This is one of the most powerful portraits of who Jesus is in all of the New Testament. And um, Zechariah sings forth and he says, God has raised up for us a horn of salvation now that's kind of a weird term that's not a term that you and I would normally use when you think of a horn you might think like of a wind section isn't it great to have Hector and his uh, saxophone a horn of sal- no it's not talking about a wind instrument it's talking about a symbol of power in the ancient world and certainly in Israel horn was a symbol of power why where'd they get that from well all the strongest most powerful animals had horns You know, bulls had horns, oxen had horns, rhinos had horns. Well, okay, they didn't have rhinos in Israel, but all of the biggest animals, strongest animals had horns. And so the horn became a symbol of strength, of might, of power. He's saying God has raised up a powerful savior in the birth of baby Jesus. And uh, he's going to go on and he's going to sing several things in his song about this powerful savior Jesus. Would you just note with me. He calls him the redeemer. He's a powerful redeemer. Now again that's a word that we don't often use. But in, in the, uh, the language of the day. A redeemer meant. The, to redeem something meant. Simply to pay a purchase price. To own something. That you would go and redeem something. By paying a price. And then it would become yours. That's, it was a marketplace term. It was actually used uh, of many things. But it was used. In those days, they had actually slaves that you could purchase in the market. And you could go and pay a price and redeem, purchase that slave out of their slavery into your service. And there's a picture there of what Christ has done. But here's the point. Jesus came as the powerful Savior to pay the price to purchase you and to purchase me. And uh, as we celebrate the light of the world coming into our world at Christmas, we also celebrate... That he was headed to the cross to pay that price. And I think of Jesus being our powerful redeemer. I love the story. You may have heard of it. But it it, it shows me so simply what Jesus did for me. story about a boy who um, carved a sailboat. And with his own hands he got a block of wood and he got a knife and he was uh, skilled artistically. And he carved this sailboat and he made a little sail for it and he painted it. And it was just a beautiful sailboat. It was his own, the work of his own hands. And he was proud of it. And he loved that little sailboat. And he took it down to the ocean to play with it in the ocean. And he set that sailboat in the ocean. It worked perfectly. The wind caught the sail. And it sailed this way. And then he'd run ahead of it. And he'd get it. And he'd tilt the sail. And then the wind would blow it this way. And he was playing with the sailboat. But then all of a sudden the wind picked up. And that little sailboat took off and headed out to sea. And, he ran as fast as he could through the water, but the wind was blowing it faster than he could go. And, and sadly, he watched his sailboat disappear over the horizon as the wind blew his sailboat out to sea. So he was sad that he lost this sailboat that he had crafted with his own hands that was precious to his heart. A few, year, a few weeks later, he happened to be walking down in a group of stores and to his great Amazement! he looked in this toy store window and guess what he saw in the toy store window? The very sailboat he had built, he had crafted, it was his sailboat. There was not another sailboat like it in the world. And he saw that, he didn't know how it got into the toy store, but he went rushing into the toy store. He said, that's my sailboat. I built that, it belongs to me. And the the shop owner said, well, you're welcome to purchase it. You're welcome to pay a price to own it, but I'm not going to just let you have it. So the boy went home and he emptied his piggy bank and he did some extra chores and he got the money together and he ran down there before somebody else bought it. And yes, he paid the price to take that sailboat back into his possession. And when he did so, he said, you're twice mine. I created you and now I purchased you. And you know, there's a very strong picture there in what Christ has done. Our powerful savior. He created you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He gave you life on this planet But when you were blown by the wind or whatever by your own sinfulness off to sea and went your own way, guess what? He loved you enough that he paid the purchase price. And that purchase price was nothing else but the blood and the body of Jesus. Him giving his life to purchase you so that you would belong to him. And now Jesus looks at you He says, you're twice mine. I created you and I purchased you. I redeemed you. You belong to me. And he is a powerful savior because he's our redeemer. That's one thing that Zechariah sings about, but he also sings about Jesus being the central person of history. As you read his song of praise, he says, Jesus fulfilled everything that God was doing in history. That's sort of a summary. He looks back at the covenant with Abraham, 2100 years before Christ, where the living God of the universe entered into a covenant with Abraham and said, I'm going to make you a great nation, and I'm going to give you the land, and through you I'm going to bring life to all the nations of the world. I'm going to overcome the curse of death and I'm going to bring life to all the nations of the world. That was the covenant with Abraham. And then a thousand years before Christ, what did he do? The living God of the universe entered into a covenant with David. And Zechariah celebrates that and he says, David, out of your descendants, I'm going to bring a king, an eternal dynasty, a king over my people forever. And everybody knew that the Messiah, the Christ Christ, Heaven's king was going to be a descendant of David. And Jesus was born a descendant of Abraham. He was born a descendant of David. And he celebrates the prophets, the word of the prophets, who all look to the focal point of human history, the fulfillment of human history, of God's purposes in human history. And so 600 years before he was born at the first Christmas, Isaiah prophesied the Messiah will be born of a virgin. What? That's never happened before. Never happened. Yes, it's going to be a miracle. He'll be born of a virgin. And yes, uh, Micah, contemporary of Isaiah, he prophesied, he nailed the the very city that Jesus would be born in. He'll be born in Bethlehem. And Zechariah, not the father of John the Baptist, but Zechariah the prophet, he he prophesied about Jesus' entry into Jerusalem, riding on a donkey. And yes, Isaiah prophesied about his death and resurrection. Isaiah 53, he'll be crushed, he'll be pierced for our iniquities. He'll be crushed for our transgressions. The punishment that we deserve will be put upon him, but he'll rise from the dead. He'll rise from dead. He will see his offspring. He will see the light of day. And the prophets anticipated and prophesied and announced through the Holy Spirit that heaven's king, the central powerful savior that God was going to send would rise from the dead. And would forgive us our sins. This was all. This was no accident. This was no random event. This was God's purpose, His plan. And He's uh, Zechariah is celebrating. He's a powerful Savior. He's the one who comes at the center of all human history, fulfills everything that God is doing. Think about that next time you write a check, because every time you put a date in there, I just wrote one a couple days ago. Had a few bills to catch up with when I came. Back, I wrote that date in there for the check, and I realized. All of history rotates around Jesus. Everything led up to Jesus and A.D. after the death of Jesus in the year of our Lord, all of our human history is actually recorded around the central person of Jesus. And that's what Zechariah celebrates. He's the fulfillment. He's the focal point. He's the central point of of all that God is doing in human history. There's a third thing that that Zechariah sings about. Our powerful Savior that will put a song in, in our hearts. He's He's our powerful redeemer. He's the central person of human history. And catch this. This is the miracle of Christmas. He's the Lord himself. He's God himself. And we see this when uh, he talked, when Zechariah sings about the ministry of John the Baptist. He says, you will prepare the Lord for what? A great prophet. No, you will prepare the way of the Lord himself. Jesus is the Lord He's God in human flesh. And this is, of course, the miracle of Christmas, that, that God entered in, into human history. He came into our uh, world. He came into our zip code. And He came into our experience as a human because He became a human. God Himself, Jesus, fully God, fully man. And um, one of the ways we see that is, is the, announce, the angel's announcement to, to uh, Mary um, you can read about it in, in Luke chapter 2. He says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. This is the angel Gabriel announcing to Mary what's going to happen. And he says, the holy, this is the miracle how Jesus is the Lord. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So you, So the Holy One to be born to you will be called what? The Son of God. He's the Son of Mary, but He's the Son of God. He's fully God, but He's fully man. And uh, this is so profound, and, and we celebrate this part of the songs of the season. And can I encourage you, if you haven't done this already, talk to Alexa or put on your music and get some great Christmas carols going because they fill our lives and fill our hearts with the reality of, of who Jesus is. You know these words, Hark the Herald Angel sings. It celebrates this truth that Jesus is the Lord. Christ, by heavens, by highest heavens adored. Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time behold him come. Offspring of the virgin's womb. Catch this. Veiled in flesh. The Godhead see. In flesh in human being. But see God in Jesus. Hail the incarnate deity. Incarnate he's become flesh. But he's God. He's deity. Pleased as man with men to dwell. Jesus Our Emmanuel, God with us. This wasn't just another great prophet or another great leader. This was God coming into human history in a personal way. He is the Lord. He is powerful. And by the way, it was crucial for him to be both fully God and fully man. Why? Because as we celebrate communion, he couldn't have been our savior if he wasn't fully God and fully man. He's fully man. He represents you on the cross. And he paid the price for your sins. And he represents me as a human being. But at the same time, no human being could pay the price for the sins of the world. And so he's the son of God. He bore a price that that only God the son could bear. And so his identity as the Lord is crucial to our salvation. He's a powerful savior Because he's the Son of God, because he's God in human flesh. One uh, final point to recognize that these are things that Zechariah sings about that fills his heart with a song of joy. Jesus is our powerful Redeemer. He's the central person of all of human history. He fulfills everything that God wanted to do and is doing. He's the Lord Himself. And He shows His power in a number of ways. He rescues us from our enemies. He enables us to serve Him. And He guides us into peace. Let me just comment briefly on each of those. But he uh, rescues us from our enemies. Whatever enemy you have in life, your greatest enemy is death. And we're going to see in a moment, we all live in the land of the shadow of death. And yes, my mom was granted um, 96 years. But whatever age we are, um, until Jesus comes back or until we pass this life, we're living in the shadow of death. But Jesus came as a powerful Savior and he had Power even over the greatest enemy, death. He raised Jairus' daughter, 12 years old, and dead on the table, and he raised her from the dead. He saw Lazarus uh, four days in the tomb, and he said, Lazarus, come forth, and Lazarus comes to life because he had power over death. And ultimately, on what we celebrate on Easter Sunday, Jesus himself rose from the dead because he has absolute power, power over death. There isn't a more powerful person, and he's our powerful savior. And he, he enables us to serve him. Did you notice? In righteousness and holiness. How did Jesus accomplish this where he took people and, and gave them the gift of serving him? There isn't a higher calling in life than to serve the king of kings, heaven's king. And how did he make us holy and righteous? Well, we come back to the cross. That when you put your faith in Christ, take, there's this exchange that happened at the cross. Where he takes our sins upon himself and he gives us his righteousness. And we're declared righteous and and, and holy in his sight because of what Jesus did on the cross. He calls us to be servants and and gives us an identity of righteousness and holiness. Nothing that we earn, nothing that we deserve, nothing that we can attain. His gift by simply trusting Jesus. He makes us a whole new creation of righteousness. and What a gift. What a powerful savior. Who else can do that? Nobody else can do that for you. He rescues us from death. He um, enables us to be his righteous and holy servants. And then thirdly, he guides you into peace. He guides you into peace in its fullest sense. Peace in its shalom, well-being, eternal life, a right relationship with God. I was particularly struck by the final comment in his song. He says, to shine on those living in darkness. That's you and me. And in the shadow of death, all of us live in the shadow of death. To guide, one, uh, guide our feet into the path of peace. To take us out of the shadow of darkness into the fullness of God's shalom, if you will. When I think of that phrase, shadow of darkness, there was a uh, in previous generation, a great preacher by the name of um, Donald Gray Barnhouse. And the story is told that uh, he was a, uh, a powerful preacher and, and pastor, but his wife passed away and he had six children. And uh, so he and his family were riding in a car, riding in a limousine behind the hearse. And what happened was they came to a a, a, uh, traffic light and stopped. And as they stopped for that traffic light, guess what happened? In the lane next to them, this big truck drove and, and, and passed right next to them. And a shadow came over their vehicle from this big truck. And Barnhouse had this great insight, and, and so he said to his kids who were grieving the loss of his mom, he had a question for him. He said, "Would you rather be hit by a shadow, or would you rather uh, of a truck? Would you rather be hit by a shadow of a truck, or would you rather be hit by a truck?" The kid said, "Well, of course, Dad, would would rather be hit by a shadow." He said, "Well, that's what's happened to your mom. She's had um, been hit by the shadow of death, but not the truck of death." that her death was simply passing into the loving arms of her savior. And I thought that's a beautiful illustration of what it means to move from the shadow of death. We all live under the shadow of death, but because Jesus is the resurrection and the life to pass from this life is just to be hit by the shadow and move into the fullness of joy, the fullness of God's loving arms. And so yes, uh, that gives you peace. And I mentioned uh, for us, this is fresh for our family. We have I have great peace, my siblings have great peace, knowing that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, as Paul puts it. And I wanted to just share with you, uh, this was part of, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but this was part of the internment prayer that I wrote for my mom, I had the privilege of sharing as we stood, and laid to rest her remains on earth, recognizing she's not here. And this is the hope, the joy for all of us, the peace that we all have. Because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And by the way, I revised a little bit. Because um, I wrote it for my immediate family. But I, I think of my church family at New Hope Kailua. So I revised a little bit and you'll recognize that. But here's part of what I wrote and in, in, in what our family prayed. When we laid to rest my mom's remains on this earth and celebrated her homecoming. We thank you for mom's genuine living example of what it means to dwell in the shelter of the Most High, to rest in the shadow of the Almighty. That was one of her favorite Bible verses. We thank you that Mom's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the resurrection and the life, changed her life and has changed our lives. As we lay Mom's earthly remains to rest, we're grateful that on November 7th, you called your beloved daughter home You welcomed our mom into your loving arms and now she dances in fullness of joy. Loving Lord Jesus, as we say our farewells to mom and miss her presence with us, we're comforted and we look forward joyfully to the wonderful reunion to come in your presence with dad, with Sheila and with mom and with Dora and with Gail and with Brian and with Kaoli, and with Trey, with all of our loved ones that have gone ahead of us. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and the trumpet of call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with mom, and dad, and Sheila, and Dora, Gail, Brian, Kaoli, Trey, and many more of our loved ones in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air so we will be with the Lord forever. We have great peace. We have great joy because of the, the great reunion because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He's a powerful savior. For we eagerly await a savior from heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who Zechariah sings about, who by the power that enables him to rule all things, absolute power, He will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. Even so, come Lord Jesus. There's great peace because Jesus is the resurrection and the life and He takes people like you and me that put our faith in Him and He moves us out of the shadow of death into the presence of fullness of joy, fullness of life because He's the all-powerful Savior. So that's one major reason, and I pray that uh, God will fill your heart and my heart freshly this season with a song of joy that Jesus is our powerful Savior. But there's one other thing very quickly that we need not miss here. There's a second reason to celebrate, to have a song of joy in our hearts, and that's simply this. That God can actually lead people into a glorious new day through you. And that sparks joy in our hearts as well. That God can actually lead other people into a glorious new day. Did you catch that beautiful phrasing? Phrasing when Zechariah is singing about the ministry of John the Baptist. And he says, the rising sun will come to us from heaven. There's a new day in Jesus. It's a resurrection day. It's a a kingdom of God day. It's a life-filled day. It's a Holy Spirit day. It's all of those things. But there's a new day for those who put their faith in Christ. And he's saying, John the Baptist, you're going to be the one who points people to that. You're going to go and prepare the way from the Lord. And you know, let me just ask you. Who was the John the Baptist in your life? I know absolutely that every one of us had a John the Baptist, or more than one in our life. People who just pointed us to Jesus, told us about Jesus, loved us in the name of Jesus, showed us the person of Jesus, uh, in some way helped introduce us to Jesus. That was John's ministry. He came as a prophet. And he said, let me introduce you to Jesus. He's the real thing. And... Uh, Every one of us at this Christmas season can be used by God to help somebody else enter into that new day in Jesus. And so let's pray for that. Let's pray for opportunities just to share that song of joy in our hearts with others. Maybe a family friend. Uh, I don't know who um, was John the Baptist in your life. It may have been a parent. It may have been a friend. It might have been a colleague at work. It might have been um, uh, someone you just randomly met uh, in, in God's providential circumstances. But it's a wonderful thing to remember this Christmas season that God is calling people like you and me to be John the Baptist to others as well. So who are you praying for? Um, Who are you maybe reaching out just with an act of kindness? uh, Because you see a person in need, a person hurting, a person... Maybe just a gift uh, of a Christian book or a Christian uh, song or or album. Something that will help lift their spirits and point them to Jesus. There's a hundred ways we can do it. Maybe just getting them together. And uh, with masks on, having coffee or having lunch and saying, you know, um, how can I support you during this day? In some way being the presence of Jesus to that person, because that's what John the Baptist did. He came and he just said, hey, let me introduce you to Jesus. He's the one that can meet your need. He's the one that can fill your life with joy. He's a powerful savior in all of these different ways. So as we enter into the Christmas season, let me uh, encourage us all to do that, to have a song of joy in our hearts. Um, born by the Spirit because of who Jesus is and His presence in our lives and the overflow of that to help reach and care for other people that God has placed in our world we're going to conclude our service by celebrating communion what a great combination Jesus born the light of the world but Jesus whose whole mission as the powerful Savior He took on a body as a baby He became incarnate, God in human flesh but that body was broken and the blood was shed, and he gave his life, the greatest sacrifice he could, so that he could purchase you and me out of his love for us, that we could belong to him, that we could enjoy all of his power in our lives here and in the world to come. So let's join with our worship team as we sing a worship song. They'll come and lead us, and then I'll come back, and uh, we'll pray together and celebrate communion. we bow before you, we thank you for these emblems on the table that say so much for Jesus, the light of the world, that we can celebrate the light of the light of the world coming into our world at Christmas season. And yet we recognize his mission was to go to the cross. So as we take this bread and take this cup, Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are our powerful Savior, the one who loves us so much you were willing to, not just to a body but to give your life to die for our sins, to pay the penalty for our sins, to rise from the dead to adopt us as your sons and daughters and make us holy servants in your sight and to deliver us from the power of death so that we belong to you Lord we give you thanks for your love and for your power and we take these emblems gratefully grateful knowing that you are coming again, that you have called us to Celebrate these elements until you come. And we have a great day coming, whether we're released from this life into your presence or whether you come during our life. There's going to be a wonderful reunion, and it's in your presence, with fullness of love, with fullness of joy, and yes, with a great joy seeing our loved ones again. What a great hope you've given us. Would you put a joy, a fresh song of joy in our hearts this Christmas season, and may that song of joy flow out to others that you placed in our lives that need to know about your love and your power in their lives as well. So Lord, we love you. We take these emblems gratefully in Jesus' name.